Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time with Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian. It is now time for In the Spotlight. And today we're talking about talent because 2023 is being played out as a year of great uncertainty. Employers and talent faced with geopolitical instability, rising interest rates, inflation, recessionary fears. Now, you've also got blockchain and crypto hiring. That seems to have taken a bit of a back seat. Then you've got the introduction of chat GPT, all sorts of other generative AI tech raising concern about what jobs and industries are going to be taken over by AI. That's a question I'm sure you have at dinner every now and then. Well, despite all of that, we're still seeing companies actively hiring as we move away from a hiring slump due to COVID-19 the past few years. But where are companies hunting for talent? You know, talent for Southeast Asia, is that still in demand? On the line with me is Pue Limyo, who is Managing Director for Glintz. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, Elliot. How are you? Very good, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time. Glintz, of course, an online recruitment platform. Uh, you're headquartered here in Singapore. And you guys have released a Where Employers Are Hunting for Talent in Southeast Asia trend report. Tell me a little bit about about this trend report? I mean, what was the methodology? Who did you survey? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so first of all, actually, Glenn's, we are uh, Singapore headquartered, but we are a Southeast Asia online and offline recruitment platform. So we do cover the entire region. We are present in Indonesia, Vietnam, Malaysia, Philippines, uh, Taiwan, in addition to Singapore. Okay. So where the report was concerned, essentially, we sent a team out to speak to both our existing clients, but also client contacts that we've been in contact with, in and across the region. So it's actually a pro- wide regional coverage and asking basic questions, you know, of are you still hiring? Who are you hiring? How are you hiring? To really better understand the sentiment ongoing amidst the macroeconomic context that I think you just uh, very rightly set. Mm. You know, I got to admit to you, I mean, and you're the right guy to talk to about this because you're constantly looking at these sort of hiring trends, right? Mm-hmm. I get a little bit, and I was one of those that went and upgraded myself. I got my degree during the pandemic and I get a bit lost when I hear this word hunting for talent. Mm. What defines talent in this day and age? I think talent today, you know, when we talk about how on one side, how businesses or employers look for their needs and on the other, what people entering the job market, how they act and behave. Mm. I think today in and around the region, we're increasingly looking at a macro rise of a middle class, white collar service class of workers. And together with that, very much a group of workers who are very much plugged into the technology and digital transformation led, of course, by internet web 1.0, web 2.0, and more recently, web 3.0 changes in and around the region. So we're talking about a talent pool that's largely either what we call technology talent or technology adjacent talent. So typically uh, stretching into job verticals of software developers uh, and then the adjacent verticals of product development and management, Mm -hmm. uh, data science, digital sales and marketing, Mm. and so on and so forth. Mm. So I'm going to assume that the most sought after talent is anyone related to the digital sphere. Mm. So I think to to again go back to the context of uh, what's going on, you described it quite rightly, right? Market uncertainty, recessionary Mm -hmm. fears. I think at the very present moment, what we tend to see in this space is Yes, overarchingly, digital or technology 
key talent, uh, as we just described, being front and centre. But the exact nuances of who and how and employers are hiring, that's shifting. So one, I think what we're seeing is revenue-generating roles like sales, business development, marketing become more top of mind as companies become a lot more selective and also a lot more, let's call it profit-conscious, right? And equally, I think there's also a lot more selectivity when it comes to looking for how they staff positions, especially junior mid-level ones. So there's a lot more search for flexibility and a lot more search for potential cost savings. On the technology front, when we talk about hardcore sort of software developers, what we tend to see right now is the who of hiring is changing a bit in the sense that I think previously it tended to be driven largely by the tech companies and the tech startups, particularly in and around the region. Uh, But that's shifting right now more towards enterprises and traditional uh, corporates who are undergoing digital transformation. So there's still very much a demand for uh, software developers, but a shift in who's actually hiring them. And equally, I would say, again, rather than mid-junior roles, there seems to be a shift towards more seasoned experience roles. Tech talent who themselves want more stability, that seems to be more the epicenter of the hiring trends. Mm. I picked up on a couple of key words you mentioned there. Flexibility, yes, very important. I'm I'm hearing a lot of that from recruiters. But the one that really caught my attention, you mentioned uh, much early on, was uh, digital or or technology adjacent. Uh, Mm. I want to talk a little bit about that, especially, you know, with regard to how we are faring here in Southeast Asia. Are we Mm -hmm. making ourselves technology adjacent enough to be hired? Mm. I think it differs a little bit depending on uh, which markets you're talking about. I think Singapore obviously always continues to be very attractive as a a hub for business leadership and uh, let's call it functional uh, executive leadership (laughs) hires, right? So uh, Singapore always has that attraction, right? And Singapore sits at the center of an international talent pool. So there's a fairly unique positioning where that's concerned. Now, when you talk about some of the uh, neighboring countries in Southeast Asia, I think Indonesia is a very interesting talent pool uh, where I think in the last 10 years or so, because of the rise particularly of e-commerce and other technology startups. So you would know, for example, that Indonesia is home to uh, e-commerce unicorns like Tokopedia and Bukalapa. Uh, So they have actually spawned a whole class of young professional workers. Uh, very, very proficient in English, mm. uh, very proficient in sales and marketing uh, skills, uh, very proficient in uh, professional and internationalized uh, work environments. And you know, they are, I would say, actually is emerging as a pool of talent workers who are ready to work in very much regionalized settings that Singapore-based businesses can actually really take advantage of. Mm. Equally, I would say, uh, when you talk about uh, Malaysia and Philippines, I think both markets are really for some time a tradition or a reputation for being quite good sources of back office workers in, let's say, finance, HR, or administration, or support, right? Because of language skills and because of the vertical-specific proficiencies. Increasingly right now, I think because of, again, of technology and digital investments in and around the region, even these workers are also becoming uh, adapted and acclimatized to the requirements of uh, digitally 
equip businesses today in the region. So those are also, I think, increasingly interesting options, not only for typically the large enterprises who look to outsource into these locations, but increasingly also mid-market and smaller companies who know how to take advantage of the flexibility offered by accessing these talent pools. Mm. You talk about flexibility and accessing those talent pools. On a cultural front, the digital nomad culture, is this a huge factor in, in boosting this? I think it's, it depends on which tier of workers you're talking about. So okay. yes and no, right? Yes, in okay. the sense that I think digital nomads tend to refer to uh, a fairly mobile, internationalized class of workers at quite senior levels and in quite specific roles that require less face-to-face collaboration. So we do see digital nomads showing up again you know, in Singapore where yeah. we are a, a hub for international talent. Or even in uh, Bali, right? That's right, you know, and then, you know, in and around region Bali and then I think some spots in Thailand where I think local governments have also created very facilitative um, visa, visa conditions mm. for digital nomads to come and live and work in those locations. And you get, you know, some very, very senior level, right. let's call it creative class of workers or very senior, senior level technology leads who have chosen to go and live and work in Bali or Phuket or, or somewhere else, right? Yeah. But equally, I say no because... We also see, especially now in post-pandemic conditions, a rising trend of not a complete return to office, but let's say hybrid work, right, as being more of a norm, striking a balance between work from home and work from office, coming back into the environment where there's a, there's a call for workers more in the mid-junior levels and, and other roles that require more face-to-face collaboration, to come back, right, and be rebased into cities or hub locations where workers can basically sit in shared spaces, sit in shared facilities to collaborate and work together. So that's actually counter a counter-movement to complete digital nomadism. All right. I'm not sure if I'm barking up the wrong tree here, but, you know, when I was younger, uncles would tell me, go and work in China because that's where opportunity is. And we're talking about like 20 years ago, right? Uh, Now that China's reopening, you talk about this hunt for talent, they're, they're, they're pretty strong on the digital front. Are you seeing a lot of Southeast Asians, you know, looking to go there uh, to look for a job? I actually think the one is the other way around. Ah. Uh, so what we actually have seen, and I think we covered this in our in our recent report and survey as well, uh, we actually do see quite a lot of interest from Chinese companies looking to hire in Southeast Asia. So rather than Southeast Asians going to China to work for Chinese companies, yeah. what we see is Chinese companies coming to Southeast Asia and looking up to either set up or strengthen, uh, expand their presences already here. That seems to be a greater trend of market expansion, hmm. uh, particularly of, I wouldn't call this, this isn't quite the first wave anymore. I think the first wave of Chinese companies and the very large ones and internationally famous and known ones, I think everyone is aware of. Yeah. Uh, but increasingly, we see a second or third wave of, of Chinese companies, especially technology companies, looking to set up shop here in Southeast Asia. And again, I think Singapore tends to be a fairly attractive first location hmm. uh, for them to do that. And the initial roles in which they look to set up tend to be business developers or sales or revenue generating ah, roles right, right. Uh, or HR managers looking to set up teams over here in the first instance. Right. Uh, just mm-hmm. a final quick question. Um, mm-hmm. And this is about the work from home culture. Mm-hmm. How else can this evolve? I mean, everyone talks about a hybrid these days. Uh, can it get even more flexible? Uh, I think it's very role dependent. Okay. Uh, I think th- yeah. I think there are some roles where work from home is better suited for. And right. I think full work from home will probably become 
further extended as a norm in this instance. But I also see a counter movement where other roles are actually coming back more towards yeah. hybrid. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's interesting, right? In yeah. Clint, we, we are the we are the front and center of this because we are right in the business of helping, uh, particularly I would say Singapore-based businesses, plug into some of these regional talent pools that okay. I've been talking about, Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines, Malaysia. Now, we, for a better part of the pandemic period, were facilitating full remote workers mm. uh, because that was what we, that was what the conditions required. Increasingly now, we are actually helping quite a few of our clients to head up to, to actually build facilities and set up facilities for shared workspace in those locations. So a Singapore-based business plugging into Indonesian workers, for example, uh, are no longer just looking for fully distributed remote workers, but potentially the option of housing them in a shared facility in central Jakarta, for instance. Okay. And we would, yeah, we would work with our partners to give them the space and the facility for that. Wow. We've been speaking with Poi Lim Yo, who is Managing Director for Glintz. Uh, appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Wednesday evening. Thanks, Elliot. Thanks for having us. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.